we're back. Welcome to the BNCY podcast show, the first ever by Communal Production, which presents views and opinions of the Cypriot youth. I am Dimitris, and I'll be your host for today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm very happy because our podcast show has started to gain momentum. I'd like to just say a few words to our new listeners about YouthView. The main aim of this podcast show is to enable the youth of both communities of Cyprus to promote reconciliation and friendship. This kind of dialogue focuses on subjects that our generation finds vital and our guests are able to share their views and opinions. The topic of today's episode is about the common culture, tradition and language that both the Greek-speaking and Turkish-speaking Cypriots share. I'd like to welcome these beautiful souls, Vasilis and Umay, Welcome to our shows, guys. Hello. Hi. So, would you like to start by giving us an introduction of yourselves? Umay, would you like to start first? Yeah, of course. So, I just want to say thank you first for having us as a guest for this podcast show. I'm quite excited, actually. So, my name is Umay. I'm 23 years old. I'm a pharmacist in Nicosia and working with my mum in my own pharmacy store. So, I've graduated from Durham University in June 2020. So I did my bachelor's and master's degree in there. And during my studies, I was an executive member of Cypriot Society of Durham, which was actually the first bicommunal Cypriot society across the UK. I worked as a treasurer and a social secretary for four years. So, and right now I am an active member of Nicosia Youth Association. I'm a culture and arts secretary and my job is not only organizing events related to Cypriot culture, but also gather those young people who are interested in movies, music, and dancing. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. That's <laughs> a lot of work. Good job. Thank what you. about you, Vasilis? Uh, I'm Vasilis. I want to uh, thank you, first of all, for having me on your podcast. Well, I'm not doing as much as Zumai does, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I'm an architecture student at the moment. Um, I, Newcastle in the UK and I've been a, a member of the bicommunal network of Cypriot students um, for a year now and uh, this year I'm a representative for Newcastle and that's how I met Umay actually and we became uh, friends and I have been an activist uh, regarding the Cyprus dispute for a while and I've been following the negotiation progress and um, I'm trying to keep up to date. All right. So we have two powerful Cypriots in our podcast show today. I'm very pleased to have both of you in our uh, today's episode. So let's start by um, talking about uh, the first topic, which is the common language that both uh, communities share. Uh, so let me start by stating the fact that both Greek and Turkish have been set as the two official languages of our country and island. Uh, many people might not be aware of this, but this is, this is the truth. Um, so um, I know that you guys have uh, started an Instagram page uh, that you present to the world common words and phrases uh, between the two communities. Uh, Vasilis, would you like to explain to the audience... Um, What's behind this page? Uh, what have you thought about bringing it in the front? So before uh, creating our page, there was a need for uh, the creation of a bicommunal 
or more or less bilingual, let's say, page uh, that that doesn't have to do with politics, but has to do with just being fan, because uh, regardless of politics, there is a fan side to both communities that no one really knows about. And we, as a team, we are two Turkish Cypriots and two Greek Cypriots, me, Umay, Melis, and uh, Kostandinos. And um, we are trying to promote the words that both communities use and are common, from Paphos to Rizokarpaso, from Morfu to Ayanapa, from Nicosia to Limassol and Kirinia, everywhere in Cyprus. These words are used and they represent the culture of Cyprus. Therefore, we wanted to promote the culture of Cyprus in a very fun and bilingual way. And our page, we are proud to say that it's one of the biggest bilingual pages at the moment that do, that do not promote any politics and only have to do with fun content. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, Umay, um, have you uh, found out any new words that you didn't know that they're being shared between the two communities? So what's your experience through this uh, Instagram page? Yeah, of course. I was quite surprised when I heard some few words. I can give a few examples as well. Mm-hmm. Like shaitan. Which means in English? In English, what was it? Um it's uh if i'm not wrong it's the um word that they that you use for somebody when they are kind of not like evil out oh oh okay so it's the one who thinks kind of uh more in the dark exactly yeah that's why we use it for yeah and akabet as well Mm -hmm. all right sakuli (laughs) sakuli yes yes wow that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, let, let, let's just play a word game. Uh, so we have uh, each one of you going through one word and then the other one says the exact same word in their language. So Vasilis, would you like to start? Yes, of course. I would like to start with Lafazanis, which means uh, the, the one who's to, who exaggerates things basically to make an impression. Mm-hmm. Umay, what's the Turkish translation? Um, the one, so it's called Lafazan. Okay, it's quite so similar, actually, yeah. All right, so tell us one word in uh, Cypriot Turkish now. Okay, Gojagare means old lady. <laughs> well, that one has to be the same. It's yes. Gojagare in Greek, and uh, yeah, it means old lady. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, you Um Kanjeli. Which means, uh, which means the um, f- the yard door, the yard entrance, basically, and yeah, the fence. Yeah, for homes. Yeah, and it's a uniquely Cypriot word we have to say because people in Greece and people in Turkey do not use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Umay, um, another one. Yeah, penna. Ooh. Yeah, it's the exact same thing in Greek, right? Yes, it's penna. It's from the English word for pen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. So, these are kind of uh, interesting examples to show. Uh, but uh, the Cypriot, uh, not language, but accent, has a uniqueness in comparison to both mainland Greek and Turkish. 
because I've I've uh, I think that our accent is kind of more harsh a bit compared to these two mainland uh, languages. Um, Vasilis and Umay, would you like to give us um, like your views in regards to the reactions that people have when you, for example, travel? in Greece or Turkey. Vasilis, would you like to start first? Yes, of course. Um, so whenever I have traveled to Greece, when people listen to my accent, first of all, they just stare at me like I'm somehow an alien. Like I, they don't know like what I'm talking about. It's like I'm talking a completely different language, although it's not a completely different language. And it's very funny because they always understand that you're that you're that I am from Cyprus, and they're always like, "Oh, are you from Cyprus and stuff?" And then mm-hmm. also a funny something funny that's been happening. My dad's from Greece actually, and whenever we visit uh, my dad's family, uh, me, my mom, and my sister talk in Cypriot Greek between us. So they always like all stare at us like we're somehow the strangers in the house talking this weird thing between us and for them not to understand. And that is very funny. But people in Greece, I would say they find our, um, our dialect very harsh and they think that it doesn't really sound nice particularly. Okay, I kind of, I think I had a different experience. Like, I mean, it does sound harsher, but I think they usually say that it's kind of more of a musical dialect, if that, that's the thing. Yeah, like, that's because true. Because we, we, we give accents to specific parts of the word, so we emphasize emphasizing on the tones. So they usually say that we go up and down while we speak. So it's more kind of a musical language, like Italian, which I cannot hear it myself. <laughs> uh, what about you, Umay? What's the reaction of uh, Turks once you go visit there? It's quite funny. So whenever I go, they'll be like, oh, where did you learn Turkish? And I explain myself and they're like, oh, your accent is so cute. Please talk more. They like it. Some of them, they don't really like it because they don't understand it most of the times. And to be honest, mm-hmm. I'm proud of my accent. I'll never, ever change that. Um, but whenever they are, they are here, some of them, they kind of get mad when they don't understand you because they expect you to speak like them because that's actually what the t- proper Turkish language is. Mm-hmm. So we have many differences. We talk more harsh compared to them. Mm-hmm. So. I see. I, I've actually visited uh, Turkey on the summer of 2019 uh, through a European program. Um, prior to that point, I had to meet lots of Turkish Cypriots when I was uh, studying in the UK. And once I stepped my foot in Ankara, I could actually hear the difference in accent between Turks and Turkish Cypriots. So that's true. Uh, okay, so let me just mention that um, on that summer as well, we had an event on the Home for Corporation. Where, and we've uh, split the, uh, the, the people between two groups and we had a small competition uh, and each group had to like talk to each other and find uh, common words. And it was a very fun thing to see because you could see the reaction on people's uh, faces that they had no clue that such words are being shared by the, by the other community. It's a magical thing to experience. Uh, also... Uh, I'm aware that there is uh, a bilingual association that's uh, been doing uh, seminars, events in the Home for Cooperation, and they promote bilingualism. 
and they organize even events for children. And it's a very nice thing because we Cyprus itself is missing such uh, movement or such associations that can actually uh, break the gap that's been uh, on our island for so many years. Okay, so moving on to the next topic, it's the common tradition. Uh, our island's tradition is unique when it comes to clothing, dancing and customs. The first and most obvious part of the Cypriot tradition is, of course, clothing. Uh, Umay, would you like to give us some details about what men and women used to wear in the past? Uh, Vasilis maybe can add up to that once you're done. Yeah, of course. So depending on where you're going, there will there was a um, dress code. So it was mostly like the colorful costumes worn by the folk dancers this, in both parts of the Cyprus. And to be honest, um, I don't really see any difference between the costumes between um, Turkish and Greek Cypriots because um, I'm actually a folk dancer. It's been 10 years now. So depends on where the people were going in old days. Um, they were wearing their clothes according to the location. So, for example, if a lady was going to a wedding, you would see golden necklaces, and the number of gold golds that she has on her necklace means the richer she is. So it's kind of like a showcase. It's same for the men as well. And they were holding um, golden watches on their pockets with on a chains. So apart from that. Um, the females were used to wear head clothes. It was mostly white for the Turkish Cypriots and the dark purple colors for the Greek Cypriots. And apart from that, you can um, wear, see men wearing a white shirt tucked into black trousers and they wear waist clothes in blue navy colors or black colors as well. And also um, they wear we call it shalvar. I don't know what you guys call it, but um, it can be in white for Turkish Cypriot guys or black as well. And for the shoes, they were mostly wearing high black boots. And for females, they wear short shoes with heels or without heels. Mm -hmm. That's uh, wonderful. What about you, Vasilis? Uh, can you give us a translation of uh, shavla, shav, shavlar? Shalvar. Shalvar uh, okay. is the common vraga in Cypriot Greek. <laughs> uh, it's a very characteristic thing of the Cypriot folk dress and folk costume. Uh, also, there is, I need to like uh, add to what Umay said, there is a difference between the rural, the rural and the urban costumes of men. Basically, the waistcoat um, changes color and uh, for the urban costume, it's black. And for the rural one, it's white. And um, apart from that, I don't see any differences as well. Uh, everything that Umay said is basically true. And um, one thing that I'd like to say is that there are some regional differences when it comes to like female dresses and female costumes. Uh, especially between Karpasia, Karpas, and uh, Nicosia, and the other areas like Paphos, Limassol, because uh, it used to be like, you know. Um, yeah, apart from that, I don't think I want to add anything else. Everything mm -hmm. literally is like the same almost. 
Yeah, it's very interesting though that uh, women did indeed uh, wear like this kind of headcloth, like both communities wear that. Do you think that has to do maybe with like uh, the prior, uh, let's say, Ottoman Empire or something, so that both communities probably integrated that headcloth on their head? Uh, what do you think, Umay? Is that maybe the case? Yeah, I think that would be the case, even though that um, the Cypriots are not that kind of religious. When I look at mm -hmm. back to them in my family as well, they were all wearing that because more than religion, it's their culture. So they don't mm -hmm. look at um religious way. I see. So like you, you, you want to say that, for example, Turkish Cypriots are not that kind of religious yes. nowadays? Yes, for sure. Okay. So Turkish Cypriot women indeed do not wear this kind of uh, headscarf on their on their head when they move uh, out outside of their homes is, is that the case i mean i think they weren't looking at it that way so for them it's not kind of sign of religion for them it's just mm. the culture it's there it's the way they dress okay. so with them without them i don't think it does really matter I see, I see. I mean, like nowadays, uh, the traditional costumes or clothing are not generally being used uh, by the younger generation. Mm -hmm. All of the people now in Cyprus, you know, wear uh, the modern uh, clothing, jeans, uh, t-shirts and all this kind of uh, stuff. Um, now, I'd like to uh, go to the dancing topic because this is very interesting. I bet that both communities share a significant number of dancers. Uh, when it comes to festivals, uh, Vasilis, uh, would you like to give us uh, maybe like uh, a few dances that uh, both communities share? Yeah, uh, of course. Some dances that uh, both communities share include Zeybekiko or Zeybek, uh, Chiftedeli. Um, mm -hmm. Also, they include the traditional dance of Kashilamas. Okay. Which derives from a Turkish word karşı, which 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 translates to uh, opposite to each other, and because that's why, uh, because that's how it's like danced. Basically, there are two uh, guys. Is it guys? If I'm not mistaken, uh, Umay can explain this. Yeah, it could yes. be both. So it could be between guys or um, girls or mixed. So totally depends. Is it like a slow dance? Is it like a fast one? How is it danced? Do you know? There are, for us, there are four karşılamas. So, okay. for example, karşılama three is very like entertaining. So it's quite, you know, um, fast dancing. Upbeat, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, but for girls, it's more slow. All right. Any yeah. other dances that you might uh, know or like you dance yourself? What is your uh, most favorite dance? Yeah, so my most favorite one is Testi Oyuno. It's very famous for the Turkish Cypriot wedding. So basically, there's a um, earthen pot filled with coins, almonds, and candies, and the bride dances with it. And all the young women, it's just for the women, they dance around the bride. And at the end of the music, the bride breaks the pot, and all the children, yeah, yeah they just just run and grab the candies and the money. That's so nice. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've been to a couple of festivals and I gotta say like the most interesting act or dance, I, know, I don't know the category of this, is like the one that uh, a man kind of knees, knees to the ground and like there's uh, another one uh, putting glasses on his head until they make yeah. this kind of huge structure we might, we, which might be like one or one and a half meters long. 
-hmm. It's such an amazing but risky thing. I don't know how these people manage to do this, but it's so wonderful. Like you can see everyone's reactions be like, oh, wow, wow. Like when is it going to fall? What's happening? And another thing that I remember remember is the Tacha dance, which hold this kind of, uh, I don't know what's the name, but it's, it's kind of like circular equipment and they put like a glass in it and they usually spin it around their heads and they kind of balance the glass and it's so wonderful like that's a male dance though yes yes that's a male dance you can see like how um cypriots uh you know um thinking got to create these uh beautiful dances uh all right so let's move on to the next topic which is culture, and I believe uh, this topic is kind of uh, the key point between the two communities, uh, because even though we do have similarities uh, in regards to language and tradition, I believe the commonalities in uh, culture is um, very vivid. Uh, That starts from social behavior, massive family dinners, Cypriot cuisine, which I love, and generally like the way of living, which is very identical to both communities. Would you like to mention a couple of Cypriot dishes that you like or maybe you find interesting that both communities share, Vasilis? Yes, of course. Uh, one of my favorite uh, dishes is kubebkia in Greek and dolma in Turkish. It's one of the most characteristic foods of Cyprus. It's basically stuffed vine leaves. And uh, for Greek Cypriots, as far as I know, uh, they come in two forms. The one has meat in it and the other one doesn't have meat in it. And that's because uh, Greek Cypriots usually fast before the Christmas and Easter. And they needed to find an alternative to have um, the dish without meat. Mm-hmm. Also, there is a kologasi or kologasi in Turkish, which is a type of potato that's basically consumed everywhere and all the time. And at least in Greece, uh, people don't have any idea what that is. Um, we also have like anthus in Greek and Chichek Dolmas in Turkish. And um, this is another characteristic, um, another, char- an, another food of Cyprus, let's say. It's basically um, same as kubebkia, but instead of vine leaves, we have uh, stuffed um, stuffed flowers. F- uh, what's the yeah, l- like the zucchini the, the... zucchini flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, then we have magaronga do furnu, or which I love. Yes, everyone loves magaronga do furnu, <laughs> uh, or firin makarnasu. In Turkish, it's very uh, it's very traditional, and it's on every uh, family dinner, family lunch. It's basically everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a site with souvla, especially. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Umay, would you like to give us a few of your favorite dishes? Of course, I know Vasilis is vegetarian, but how can you skip cheftalia? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> as my favorite dishes of all time. Like whenever we do, we do. Barbecue, Chef Dalia must be there. Without it, uh-huh. I just don't enjoy it. So well, that's I my favorite had, one. I haven't had it in years, so it makes <laughs> kind of sense. Yeah, I'm joking. And I love baklava as well. Mm. I know it's it, and the origin of the baklava is quite. Um, I know it's it's invented in Turkey, I think, 
because of the Ottoman Empire, but I know that it's modified in Greece, so I know it's very common in Cyprus right now as well. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite um, dishes as well. Um, I don't know. You know Molochia? Molochias. Molochias, ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. It has a very, very strong smell. So um, it's made with leaves and also meat. Some people use chicken for that, but to be honest, I prefer meat. Um, so one time I brought it to the UK into my flat and my mum cooked it with me. And I think it was the worst thing ever because all my flatmates, they were complaining about the smell. They were like, what is this? Like, what are you even eating? But it's just, it has very nice taste. That's nice. So like in, um, in like, uh, for example, uh, from my family's uh, view, like we, we usually uh, eat souvlaki, for example, once uh, a week, you know, like kebab that we grill on the barbecue. Is that a thing in the Turkish Cypriot uh, society? Yes. Uh, Literally right. so, every single Sunday. Yeah, same. So we, we, we kind of had this uh, custom between my family when we used to go to my uh, grandmother's house every Sunday as well. So we used to go there, have a morning uh, Cypriot coffee. Mm -hmm. And then we went for lunch uh, and had souvla or souvlaga. And it was so nice because, you know, you can see the strong family bonds in Cyprus. Yeah. Uh, and these kind of massive gatherings, what we organize very frequently. Um, which is not very common in other European countries. And this is very nice. Uh, also, a, a very like uh, specific custom, I'd say, is the Kapenisteri one. It's the one that uh, grandmothers hold once you enter their home and they get to welcome you and they put olive uh, leaves in it and you get to like wave your hand on it. Do you have that in the, in the Turkish Cypriots uh, community? Yes, yeah, so whenever I go to my grandma, she does that every single day. Right. Yeah, yeah, we do that as well. That's for the okay. evil spirits. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't it, know that. But the, there is also, you know, the, the bad eye thing, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Yes. That's common as well. Okay. Why do you think like, uh, I, I think it's mostly used in the um, like Middle East or like Eastern Mediterranean region, like the bad eye. Um, do you think that it's kind of uh, integrated within the society to, I don't know, like scare away bad uh, souls, or like bad entities? Is that the case? I think people from like the Eastern Mediterranean, because of religion or other reasons, have like developed this like I don't know, this like phobia for evil spirits and that they will be like attacked or like they will be, a f the, the, the evil spirits will like harm them. So mm -hmm. the, the strong belief in uh, evil spirits drove them to find these like kind of solutions, let's say, like the bad eye or like the Kapnisteri um, thing where like people burn or olive olive leaves in uh, olive tree leaves in in it and it's just to banish the evil spirits basically mm -hmm. and also the bad eyes um, function it it's very significant when like you use it to avoid curse from other people like it usually uh, they try like they create this magical uh, barrier if I'm able to use it so that curses from uh, foreign or unknown people don't hit them. So, for example, I'd say that, oh, Umay, look at you, you're so beautiful, nice car, stuff like this. 
like people think that this kind of bad eye will scare away these curses. Is that right, Umay? Exactly, yeah. So here, whenever you get like a new car or you move into a new house, as a gift, they always give you like an evil eye gift. So that it, they mm -hmm. think it protects you from outside those, you know, people. So yeah, I think that's okay. just like a belief. Okay, so would you like guys um, share your thoughts on the Cypriot uh, mutual society? that includes both communities. How do you um, think that our society kind of um, develops? Do you think that it's kind of still uh, maintains this traditional character? Do you think we've reached a different level? Uh, how do you think that the people's mindset has changed these past decades? Vasilis, would you like to go first? Yes, of course. I think the traditional, like the traditional spirit in the separate societies, well established. To be fair, and the traditions you can see them everywhere, from the family uh, gatherings, which are still conducted in the same way they were conducted like fifty years ago, let's say, to all the way up to like politics and stuff, which are made in a way that reflects on traditional like customs and the traditional like ethos of the society. Um, then on the other hand, obviously the younger generations have developed a, a new kind of identity, which involves like spending hours in coffee shops, like they're all coffee lovers to be fair. They love like a, a nice coffee, they, they, but you can still see the tradition in that because even young people would always enjoy a Cypriot coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. They don't just like go straight for the Americano, let's say, or like the latter, but they would go for a Cypriot coffee as well. And also people keep like their hospitable spirit, keep their like, uh, and keep their like one bad thing that they've kept throughout the generations is gossip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because of the size of the society in Cyprus, which is very small, people still like to gossip and you can't really have secrets in Cyprus. Okay, yeah, so we'll actually go through this uh, topic, like this kind of small taboos in society on the next episode. And I'm uh, very interested to see what this kind of uh, mentality Cypriots still have. Uh, within their minds. So, uh, Umay, how's um, the um, the world in uh, the Turkish Cypriot community? How do you think it has developed these uh, last decades? Is it still the same or have you seen as more progress? I'm seeing more progress in the past couple of years. We are more bonded than ever because of all these politics and issues with, you know, like other countries. We are sticking together and standing side by side, and I'm quite impressed about the young um, Turkish Cypriots. There was a protest the other day, and you could see like all the young people, all the young um, children walking in front of the protest, and I just loved it. We were singing Cypriot songs, and that's what makes it beautiful, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think it's establishing as well. But the bad thing is, um, because of the lifestyle here, we have to um, leave the country because of the studies because we're not getting enough you know kind of education here or like the salaries and the work experience um, but 
apart from that, I mean, I'm just happy that we're all bonding together. Do you think, though, because you did mention that, for example, people people leaving the island from your community, mm -hmm. do you think that maybe this unresolved problem uh, might push more people to flee the country? Exactly. What's your thought on this? Yeah, exactly. That's the issue because um, we were hoping for the United Cyprus, but unfortunately, we are. It's getting worse and worse, and. For example, like the, there's some specific jobs here that you can do and any other jobs, especially when it comes to arts, you can't really do anything here to earn your money. So they rather go to, you know, like UK or I don't know, like Italy to do their job to earn money and you can't blame them. That's the most issue, like the, that's the problem here. Yeah, it's the same in the Greek-speaking Cypriot community because like there are not plethora of jobs as well uh, in our community. It's mostly finances or banking or tourism. Like our island, uh, I think that it is not uh, pushed to uh, bring in the front other industries. Like we have many graduates uh, from the UK or like any other country uh, that are, are spe like specialized scientists or, mm -hmm. or engineers or, uh, you know, doctors who cannot actually have a proper job here in Cyprus. Anyhow, uh, would you like, uh, like, Vasilis uh, to start first and giving us two positives and two negatives, maybe regarding the Cypriot society that you think uh, we have? Oh, God, that's a very what difficult do, what question. Do, what do you lie. like about the Cypriot society? I really like that people stick by you when you need it, when you need them to. I really like this sense of community because of the, like, of the small size of Cyprus and its society. I feel like when you need something, people will stand by you no matter your differences. On the other hand, though, I, don't, I, I would say that I don't like the whole gossiping thing because... You can't really uh, live up to yourself, but most people live up to what other people would think about about them, which is not the point of like leaving, let's say. And uh, another good thing is that, to be honest, I really love the coffee culture in Cyprus. It has developed very, very much. And I really like all these like local coffee shops, all these local like... Uh, people that actually see the potential in the coffee culture or like generally all these local people that see the potential in what they're doing and they open all these small businesses and they actually make it through because they love what they're doing and I really like that in the Cypriot society but on the other hand I'd say I wouldn't like to like I don't like I also don't like the whole family thing being like so so close because in the end there are no boundaries mm -hmm. you know so you kind of uh, need to give like a what's the word like a, re a report let's say to your family about what you're doing yes they exactly. usually ask a lot of questions is that right yes exactly and that's not nice because your personal life is no one's business and there should be boundaries, but there are no boundaries because of this whole like 
relation between family members. Yeah, I see. What about you, Umay? What do you love and what do you want maybe to see change in the future? I mean, I agree with Vasilis, but I want to look at on the bright side about family mm -hmm. culture. Because family is everything and I think it's very important. And I love how we all gathering together, you know, like organizing picnics, barbecues, and we go to weddings together. Because I don't see this in any other culture. So I think that's the good thing for me. But I'm agreeing with Vasilis as well. So the other thing is social life. I just love it because Cypriot people are very sociable and we like to go out. We don't like staying at home. Whenever we stay at home, we just like, you know, um, you tell your friend to come over and have a Cypriot coffee. We're always, you know, friendly and sociable. I really like that. And I agree with gossiping. <laughs> like... People can be two-faced, unfortunately, so they act like they like you, but on your back, they do gossip about you. Um, the thing that I want to change is I hope that um, Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots can spend more time together. Unfortunately, because it's um, not locked down, but you know the borders are closed and there's a green line between us. We can't really see each other. And I think it's kind of creating a barrier like increasing the amount of, you know, the, that barrier between us. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, like, these days will end and we can see each other and spend time together and have our separate coffee. Exactly. It's what I've actually said on the previous uh, episode uh, where I mentioned that uh, physical interaction mm -hmm. is vital for reconciliation because uh, having human interaction face-to-face helps brings reconciliation in front so exactly. hopefully COVID-19 will uh, leave away soon but in anyhow we still have this kind of platforms the BNCY and any and other by communal associations that help promote this idea and friendship uh, so let me just say that um, tradition language and culture should be used by the two communities to promote this friendship I know that there are a few teams who work on this, but they don't usually uh, get to the point that media or like, uh, you know, uh, news um, show what they're doing. Uh, so I want to like give a shout out to our fellow Cypriots to cooperate with all of Cypriots around Cyprus and get to create friendship through uh, the things that they have in common, which is tradition dancing, uh, clothing, and the culture in general. Uh, would you like to give a positive message for the audience? Because I think that's now the end of our podcast show. Vasilis? Well, what I want to say is that before meeting Omai, I didn't really know any Turkish Cypriots very well. After meeting Omai, I got to know... I got to the point that it came to me to talk to her in Greek naturally. The words were coming out in Greek from me, whereas I, where she didn't understand Greek, and that's the level of comfortness I felt with Omai. Well, I I know that you know the situation is not really changing because Omai is my best friend and she's a Turkish Cypriot, but it made an impact on my life and the people and the the lives of the people around me because. Getting to know my, getting to know how similar we are, getting to know like her family and see 
literally it feels like cyprus like it feels like home it feels like you know we are the same and my message would be just give give your fellow cypriot or the turkish cypriot a chance meet them spend time with them and see if if it's not for you it's not for you but don't just say no if you haven't given it a chance That's uh, beautiful. So giving people chances to meet and get, getting to, to interact with them will might shape a different view on uh, on your mind. What about you, Umay? Um, so I just want to finish off with Angelos sentence. So you probably know Angelos. I mm-hmm, saw a post um, on Facebook about, I think, two or three years ago. He said that. So... The first time I had a contact with Turkish Cypriot, I felt like I discovered a room in my own house that I had no idea it existed. And that's wow. yeah, and that's how I felt with Vasilis as well. It's just like, you know, like you you know you're in your own house and you don't know there's another room and you feel so familiar when you get into it. And that's how I felt with him. I'm so happy. And he's one of my best friends now. So all I just want to say is give peace a chance. And hopefully we are hoping for the United Cyprus. All right. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you for your wonderful message. Thank you for coming. It was a pleasure for having you in this show. Thank uh, you. I wish you all the best and I'll see you soon. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.